hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I'm sharing a conversation with Alex Seip, one of our customer experience managers here at Teach for the Heart. She is going to be sharing with us some tips for creating better IEP meetings, and you are going to find this helpful whether you're special education, general education, doesn't matter what role you play, if you ever are part of IEP meetings, you are not going to want to miss this episode. Here we go. So I'm here today with Alex Seip, and a lot of you know Alex because she's one of our customer experience managers, and she helps out with all kinds of stuff here at Teach for the Heart. But today, we're going to be talking about suggestions for setting up IEP meetings. So thanks so much for being here today, Alex. Thanks for having me. Let's start, before we jump into our topic, can you share just a little bit about your background and experience? Yes. So I taught junior high special education for three and a half years, and then I spent one year as an elementary resource teacher, which is also working with special education students, but in a little bit different environment. So I have worked in special day class and um, the resource program. And I have my mild to moderate special education credential. And I am also a foster parent. So I have dealt with IEPs on the parent side as well as on the teacher side. And I love that you bring this experience to Teach for the Heart. And because so many people ask for help with special education, but this episode is going to be obviously specifically helpful for resource teachers, special education teachers, but we're also going to be talking about things that are helpful for any teacher, right? If you're running any type of IEP meetings, this is going to be helpful. Am I understanding that right? Yes. So where I live in California, um, every IEP meeting is supposed to have an administrator and a general education teacher, as well as the special education case manager. So even if you're not a special education teacher, you'll still be expected to participate in these meetings and be a team member. So um, so what I'm talking about today should help uh, different school staff members, not just special education teachers. Absolutely. And even in Christian schools, when I was in Christian schools, sometimes we would have IEP meetings, uh, you know, just trying to help help students. So hopefully this will be helpful to a whole lot of you. And before we jump into the actual tips, I just wanted to let you know that Alex has a TPT store with some more info as well. Can you tell us the name of that again, Alex? Yes, it's called Genius Fishes. It's from that quote about how everybody's a genius, but if you ask a fish to climb a tree, it's not going to look smart, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're all genius fishes. We just learn in different ways. And we will link to Alex's store over at the notes for this episode, which will be at teachfortheheart.com slash IEP meetings. So IEP meetings. All right. uh, Let's go ahead and jump into it. What's your first tip for us, Alex? Okay, so my first tip would be to start with an agenda, and usually this is something the special education teacher does, um, but I've also seen administrators do it, or it's something to bring up if your school doesn't do this already. So an agenda would outline what will be discussed and in what order, and it can be a general one, and the same one can be used for every IEP meeting, because usually you discuss things in the same order. Um, so, for example, it would have introductions, so every team member should introduce themselves and how they interact, 
with the student. And then the purpose of the meeting. So you want to discuss whether it's an annual, triennial meeting, um, another kind of meeting. You know, what is your purpose here today? Why are you meeting? Student strengths, areas of need, review of goals, services, and then review everything that you talked about. Um, get your signatures and close the meeting. Yeah, and so that makes so much sense just to have this outline so that you're not going in there and just kind of floundering around and not and not knowing knowing what's next. That's awesome. And we're going to link to this agenda once again at teachfortheheart.com/iepmeetings. Uh, we'll have the list of those uh, those kind of suggested areas of what a sample agenda might look like. So what's next? Uh, we're going to start with an agenda. What else do we need to do? So the first thing you really want to discuss is student strengths, because so much of an IEP meeting is talking about where the student is struggling. So you want to start on a positive note. You want to talk about, you know, what is the student good at? What are their strengths? And each member of the IEP team should really think about this beforehand so they're ready to share in the meeting. And you also want to make sure to ask the parent about his or her child's strengths and include them in the IEP because they're going to have a different perspective, you know, in the home situation than we do in the school or the classroom. And it just really starts the meeting off on a positive note. Yeah, I can imagine that is just a great way to kind of get everyone on the same team, to be positive. Is there more to it, though, than just being positive? Does kind of identifying these strengths, does that inform kind of the rest of the conversation a little bit as well? Definitely. I mean, if we know a student's strengths, if we know, you know, they're a really strong visual learner or something, then it can affect what accommodations and services you're going to put in the IEP later, things that play upon that strength. Yeah. All right. So awesome. So we're going to start out with an agenda. Uh, We're going to take some time in the beginning of the meeting to discuss strengths. And I love your tip to get the parents involved too, because sometimes, well, often they have a perspective that we don't have. I'm amazed, uh, even with my own kids, you know, the way that sometimes they're so different at home and at school. Uh, so teachers and student and uh, parents often see different sides and different, different strengths. So I think that that's awesome. Uh, what's the next thing we should do? Okay, so the next thing you want to address is parent concerns. So you want to make sure early on in the meeting that you know what the parent concerns are. You don't want to get through the whole meeting and then the parent says you didn't address, you know, all these other things I'm concerned about. So you want to make sure that those are written down in the IEP. And then you want to make sure that near the end of the meeting, you review the concerns and say, you know, did we did we address all of your concerns? Do you have any other questions? You want to make sure you're checking in with the parent throughout the meeting. Um, you know, just make sure you're getting the parent input. If you bring up an accommodation, make sure you, you know, ask the parent, does that sound good? Do you think that would be helpful for the student? Because they really do know, you know, their child the best in the meeting, and they've been with them their whole school journey. So they're going to have some valuable input. Right. And that that's so smart to ask right up at the front, you know, what are your concerns? What are your goals? Uh, because you're right, it'd be so easy to get through the whole meeting and maybe miss something. And, uh, and so that that makes so much sense. Uh, what about uh, what should we be bringing to these meetings? Okay, so whether you're a general education teacher or a special education teacher, either way, you should be bringing some documentation to the meeting. So, for example, it could include student grades and work samples. It could include behavioral documentation, especially if that's a concern that you're discussing at the meeting. You want to have data. You want to have, 
you know, what behaviors you've seen and how often they're occurring. And then make sure what you're bringing is balanced. You don't want to bring documentation that only shows the student struggles. You want to make sure to bring work samples that, you know, a paper that a student did really well on or where they showed a lot of improvement on. You want to make sure you're bringing documentation that reflects strengths and needs. Um, and then if you're responsible for the student's IEP goals, which often is kind of shared between the general education teacher and the special education teacher, then you want to bring documentation that is specific to the IEP goal. If they have a writing goal, you want to make sure you're bringing in writing samples. And also, if you are writing a new goal, you want to bring in documentation showing here's our new goals in this area, and this is why I look at this work sample you know, they're struggling with proofreading, so we wrote a new goal that has to do with that. That's awesome. And when you, I don't, when I hear you saying this, this makes so much sense. And I love the tip to have not just needs, but also things that demonstrate their strengths or things that they're doing well to balance that out. Do you have any recommendations for, I mean, obviously this, this is, we could have whole courses just on this question, but does anything come to mind about how to kind of track some of these papers or data and to have things ready? Or is it more just, do you, do you sometimes find yourself just pulling samples at the time of an IEP meeting? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was a special education teacher, but this can go for general education teachers as well. You want to, you want to know the student's IEP goals and you want to have those kind of in the back of your mind as you're teaching. So it's good to have those printed out and placed somewhere. So when I was teaching, I had a folder for all of my students, and it would have one folder that had to do with behavior, one folder that was just different work samples, and then one folder that was for their missing work. If there was any work that they were missing, I'd put the blank pages for it in there. So as you're doing projects, and things that relate to their IEP goal, those are good work samples to save and to hang on to. And um, just, you know, you can just keep them in that folder. And then as the IEP meeting gets closer, you might give them a very specific assignment or something to do that, you know, really relates specifically to the IEP goal. And that's kind of how you test to see if they met the goal or not. So you definitely want to keep that work sample as well. So I would just say keep the IEP goals in mind and save samples throughout the year. And then it's really helpful when you're trying to figure out oh, what, what new goal would you know be good. You can go back to those work samples and see what they're struggling with. That makes so much sense. And I imagine if it's something you're handing back to the student, you can, you know, run off a copy real quick. Or even these days, if you have a phone, an app on your phone, like we, there's a, an app called Scannable, where you can just kind of, it doesn't quite take a picture. It actually like does a scan, but it just uses your camera and then you could save it in a folder on your computer. But kind of just, just having some type of system so that you're not running around last second trying to find something, you know, definitely makes sense. Yeah. Definitely have a system from the beginning. <laughs> right. I love that. Um, okay. What's your next tip for us? Okay. So my next tip would be just to keep your focus. The main goal of an IEP meeting is how can we help this child reach his or her full poten- full potential? <clears throat> so if things start getting heated in the meeting, it's often helpful to remind the other members that we all want the same thing. We want to see the child be successful. You really want to create an atmosphere of teamwork 
So one really easy way to do this is make sure that when you're sitting down at the table, it's not all the school staff on one side and the parent alone Mm. on the other side. So you want to make sure when you walk in, some school staff members are making a conscious effort to sit next to the parent. It just makes the whole table feel more like a team and we're all in this together. I love that. Do you find yourself ever kind of actually saying something out loud in the beginning of the meeting about, you know, how we're on the same team or you just kind of, is it more just something you keep in the back of your mind? Yeah, I think it's when you're laying out the purpose of the meeting, I think that can kind of be included in the purpose. Like we're all here today because we want to help so-and-so, you know, reach their full potential and we're all here with different experiences and, you know, different backgrounds and we can come together and really make a good plan going forward to help the child be successful. Yeah. And that's so important. Uh, Sometimes, you know, sometimes the parent comes in with fears or sometimes honestly we as teachers come in with our concerns and we do get into that. We don't do it intentionally, but we get into an us versus them. And remembering that we're on the same team is just so important. I'm so glad that you brought that up. What's the next tip you have for us? So my next tip would be just don't be afraid to be creative with the IEP. I mean, it's a legal document. So I think some, you know, it does need to be filled out a very specific way. Um, Paperwork does need to be done correctly. But that doesn't mean you can't be creative about what you put on the IEP. Um, You can think outside the box for accommodations and modifications that might help a student. And a lot of times we teachers are doing things in the classroom to help a student. And we don't even realize that this could be considered an accommodation or a modification that could be put on the IEP. Like maybe your class procedure is that you check every student's agenda every day to make sure that they wrote down the homework. Well, if that is helping that student, you want to put that on the IEP because the teacher next year might not have that same procedure, but if it's on the IEP, then, you know, they'll, they will do it for that student that needs it. So sometimes we just, you know, we have, we just have experience and we've set up really good things that help our students and we don't realize, oh, this is actually something that should be in their IEP and all the teachers can benefit, you know, especially if you're in the secondary grades and they have other, you know, teachers and other classes. That makes so, so much sense. Yeah. Are there other examples that you have? Yeah. So, um, so here are some common accommodations that you might see on an IEP. So allowing the use of a fidget or other sensory items, allowing tests to be taken in a quiet room and or give extended time on tests, allow a student to take a break in a quiet area when needed. And this can you know, help for behavioral struggles as well. Allow a student to type instead of handwrite, um, implementing a visual schedule, an agenda, like I kind of just mentioned, visual timer, labeled folders, anything like that can really help with a student's organization and executive functioning skills. And then another thing is implementing a parent-teacher communication system. So it could be through a journal sent back and forth from school to home. Um, A lot of times, you know, schools have like grade portals. So that's a way to communicate or just emails back and forth. Um, But setting up, you know, these kinds of systems can, can really help students. So these are just some common ones. And I love your encouragement to be creative. 
because uh, sometimes we do kind of get stuck in these same, like, oh, these are the five things that we can do, but just kind of opening our mind and asking what would help. Did you find when you did IEP meetings that you normally, did you try to think of a bunch of accommodations and, and ideas before you came in? Uh, or was it, did they kind of come to you as you had the IEP meeting discussion or both? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of both because you think about, well, let me think about, you know, the student in my classroom and what has been helping them this year. You know, when are they most likely to be able to finish their work? Oh, when we have music playing, you know, for example. So they could maybe use headphones in class. Just So you want to be thinking about it. You want to come to the meeting with some ideas of what might help. But as you're sitting there, you know, and you hear the parents say something about, you know, how they always have their water bottle near them when they do homework at home or something. You're like, oh, okay, maybe it would help for them to have a water bottle at their desk to stay hydrated. Just, you know, anything that if a parent brings it up, then it's like, oh, maybe we can do a version of that at school. And again, if you're, especially if you're a secondary teacher, if there's other teachers at the meeting or if the special education teacher got information from them ahead of time, which she should have done, um, you know, if those other teachers' reports are being presented, then that might also give you ideas. Oh, this is something I could also do in my classroom. Let's let's make that, you know, an official accommodation on the IEP. So it's a little bit of both. You definitely don't want to, you want to come in there with some idea, but you also need to be flexible. And if something else is brought up in the meeting, be willing to add it. Yes. So I, lo- I love that blend. Don't come in with a, with no ideas at all, uh, but don't be so married to your idea that you're not open to coming up with better ideas in the meeting. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely is a, is a blend because um, you, yeah, you want to come in with ideas, but it's very important that in an IEP meeting, everybody knows the IEP that you've drafted is not written in stone. It's a draft and changes can and should be made before, you know, everybody signs off on it and it's implemented. Awesome. All right. I think you have one more tip for us. Yeah. So just at the close of the meeting, you want to make sure every participant's concerns have been addressed. And then an important part that um, I think often gets overlooked is you want to make sure, especially if you're an administrator, you want to make sure to identify who's responsible for implementing each area of the IEP. So if you have an accommodation in there, that the student is going to take a test in a separate quiet room, you need to identify who's going to be responsible for that. Um, so are the general education teachers going to comment, going to contact the special education teachers and say, we have this test coming up. Can they come take the test in your room or can your aide take them and have them take the test in another room? So you want to make sure that you have a system set up to actually implement the IEP and you know, Who's responsible? Who's going to provide, you know, the modified work assignments? Is it the special education teacher or the general education teacher? And you really want to make sure that you know what your part is, what's your responsibility in implementing the IEP. Every teacher should be doing every accommodation and modification, but some of them, you know, require kind of a specific system or someone to head it up. And then every, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say, um, as soon as the IEP is finalized, you want to make sure that every teacher, everyone um, gets a copy of it so they can make sure they're all on the same page and following the IEP. Yes, it definitely makes sense. So when you're talking about implementing, you know, kind of coming up with these systems or who's going to do what, do you normally try to have that figured out before you leave the IEP meeting? Or are there times when the system's a little more complicated and you kind of have to, you know, put an agenda item, figure out this 
Yeah, it, it's definitely both again. Because <laughs> um, there have been times when we've been sitting in the meeting that an administrator says, you know, oh, you know, to the special education teacher, do, could, do you mind setting up, you know, this home school communication system and, you know, giving it to the student? And they'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. But a lot of times it is after. You're like, okay, we know the student needs this. We're going to have to talk as a school and kind of figure out, for example, the taking a break system. Um, you know, do they do they have a taking a break pass? Where do they take the break? Do they go up to the school office and do it? Then the, you know, the school secretaries need to be aware and they're not in the meeting. So that's something that's going to have to be sorted out later. Okay. So you don't have to hash out all the details, but you need to be clear kind of who's responsible for figuring out the details, like who's going to take the next steps. Yes. That makes, that, that, that makes sense. And I believe, um, Alex, do you have any other final uh, words of encouragement and advice? And I believe you have a free resource as well. Yes. So I have a IEP case management checklist for special education case managers. And it's just all the steps that you need to do before, during, and after an IEP meeting because it, it does add up. <laughs> you have to make sure you, you know, notified all the parties in time and you gathered all the information you needed from people who aren't going to be at the meeting. And then during the meeting, you want to make sure that every page gets completed. You get all your signatures. And then after the meeting, again, you have to make sure that everybody gets a copy of the IEP. Um, So it's really helpful just in keeping track. It's like one or two pages and you can just keep it, you know, with the student's IEP as you're working on it and just kind of check off as you go along. Awesome. And we're going to link to that at teachfortheheart.com slash IEP meetings. So you can find that link there. Any other final advice for uh, um, us as we're considering IEP meetings? Yeah, just again with the teamwork, remember that you're a team and you really want to go into this as this is a helpful thing. It's not just, oh, we have to, you know, do another meeting. This can be a really helpful thing for a student. And especially if, they end up moving, that IEP follows them. And so the new school is going to know what this student needs and already something about the student from your IEP. So you just, you want to make sure it's well written. It's really written to benefit the student. You want to make sure it's not, okay, these are the accommodations we typically do. Let's just write those down. You really want to think about what does this student specifically need. And again, don't be afraid to be creative and put it down on that document and it can be it's it can be a really really useful tool to kind of keep everybody on the same age on the same page and help the student be successful thanks so much alex this is uh so helpful and i hope all of you guys will enjoy and find these tips uh, to be just a benefit to you as you implement them once again all the links and alex's resources and the link to her store can all be found at teachfortheheart.com slash iep meetings thanks so much alex thank you Thank you so much to Alex for sharing these tips for us, and I hope that you guys enjoyed them as well. Once again, everything that we mentioned can be found at teachfortheheart.com slash IEP meetings. And if you are listening to this on the website, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the Teach for the Heart podcast in iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. When you do that, you'll get not just our regular episodes, but also all of our quick thought episodes that go out 
out only to our podcast subscribers. So check those out, and I know that you'll find those encouraging and helpful as well. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.